I'm Hillary. And I'm Sandra. And on this episode of the Quick and the Dirty Podcast, an encore presentation. Yeah, it's not actually a new episode, but it is still going to be a whole lot of fun. So if you just started listening to The Quick and the Dirty, uh, our new stream has about nine or ten podcasts on it. We have another one with about uh, 60 more. 61, but who's counting hills? (laughs) Seriously. So we're still on vacation, so we thought we'd hit you with uh, an older episode that was so interesting for both of us to record. Yeah, Hillary and I both agree that this was one of our favorite interviews of the year. We spoke to a polyamorous couple named Nick and Steph, and I just thought it was a great conversation. Yeah, it's really strange. You start to hear my very conservative point of view start to peek through. <laughs> you know, I like to think I'm new age. I am not. No, like, I guess I not, am eh? so conservative. Well, what you hear in the interview is me, like, asking a ton of questions. Like, I all of a sudden want to get into the polyamorous lifestyle, <laughs> considering if this could work for me as a marriage model. But, you know, we ask them a lot of tough questions and why it works for them. And do they think it could work in the long term, especially when you consider that they're also raising children? Yeah, I don't know how they do it without jealousy, but you'll find out. The Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. Usually when we have a guest who comes into the podcast, I know a little bit about them, but I have the benefit of meeting these people. They are friends of friends of mine. (laughs) They brought in their child today as well. So again, if you hear noises from a baby, it is actually a baby in studio. Uh, Please welcome to the Quick and Dirty Podcast, Nick and Staff. Thanks for having us. Uh, thank now, you. Nick and Steph, you have a, a special story. Sandra, do you want to get into a little more detail before we go off well, to the I races? Mean, it, well, I was telling them actually before we started the podcast, all I had heard about you was that you were swingers. That is the exact word that was used to describe you. But Nick, you and I were talking about it before we started saying, would you, would you call yourself a swinger? Is If you had to label yourself, is that the right direction you would go? Yeah, you know, there's there's every sort of label has its own sort of charged implications or whatever. And swingers a little bit of a, you know, it, it sort of hypersexualizes uh, things a little bit in in a sense that I think is a little pejorative and can be sort of looked down upon. And it certainly doesn't match the lifestyle that we lead right now. I think that overall, the all encompassing word for the parents that we are right now um, and are the evolution as, as we kind of flow into more and less active uh, in the community and in the lifestyle or whatever is that we're not monogamous. We, we got married, you know, we dated before not monogamous. We got buried knowing that we would not be monogamous sexually and we continue to, to be, you know, open to other things and not be, you know, um, closed off to, to every possibility that, that we might have uh, in society, uh, that society sometimes imposes sort of limits and we don't want to be limited in that. Yeah. You know, right. when I hear the word swinger, let's be honest, I think of parties with like a giant key party. We all go in, we swap spouses, everybody gets satisfied and goes home at the end of the night and everyone wakes up with a hangover right. the next day with someone else's I mean, we've husband. we've been to some great parties. Like, oh, you yeah, know, you so. have. <laughs> no, like, are we, when I think of swingers, I think of like open Stuff happening out in the open, not just pairing off couples. Right. And polyamorous is another word as well, which we prefer and because and, we're more open, not just with sex, but also with love and having like deep connections and friendships as well. So. All right. Yeah, so definitely... how did this all start? How did you find each other? Did you find each other in the community or did you become a monogamous couple that then decided that this was where you wanted to go? So we actually met out at a bar in a, a random night, like a straight bar. And uh, Nick brought up the idea to me in, in our first date uh, on wow. being non-monogamous. And I was like, yeah, 
that sounds great. Like I, I've always thought monogamy was kind of a death sentence and never thought that there was any other option. And kind of we haven't looked back since. See, I find that incredible because if I was at a bar and I met somebody and one of the first things he talked about was not being monogamous, I don't know what I would think about that. Yeah, I really don't know what I would think. Actually, one of the first things he asked me was if I vib- if I uh, masturbate. <laughs> and I was like, any woman that tells you no is a liar. It's just kind of a self-selection, right? Like, why waste my time with women that if they're going to freak out about me asking about masturbation and their sexuality and arousal, then you know what? It's, we're not a match right away. And so that, and then the first date, we're kind of talking about what we're looking for. And I just came out with it. And, and uh, no point in, in dating someone who's just going to be not going to fit what I'm looking for. Right. And I, I knew I've been a cheater before and I know I didn't want to be a, a cheater in my marriage because uh, I would be if I, if I wasn't in an open relationship. And so uh, I needed to find someone who was able to uh, be compatible with me. Right. But does that set your relationship on a super physical, less emotional turn right off the bat when you come out right with that? In fact, I'd say like we put sex as a least important, like not the least important, but less important than other monogamous people who say you have sex with someone else and that's the end of the relationship. To us, sex is kind of a nice add-on to different parts of relationships. Mm. We have many poly friend couples. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it the, the language is not there as much. So people that we haven't had sex with for several years, but we have in the past, but our friendships are so strong. And then who knows? Maybe tomorrow we will have sex with them. So how do we describe them? Are they our lovers? Are they our friends? Are they, they're just, it's something else altogether. So friend, like sex is just an addition. It's not that important to our relationship and to our other relationships with other people. So before you met each other, I mean, you were open to a non-monogamous relationship or a polyamorous relationship. You already had the realization because you were a cheater. Did you just say, wake up one day, Nick, and say... I'm just not built to meet monogamous. Is that really what it what it came, you know, came down to? I'll, I'll plug a book here, Sex at Dawn by uh, by Christopher Ryan and Casilda Jetta. I, I read that book and it really opened my eyes. It's about sort of how we've evolved and where we come from. So Sex at Dawn is in the dawn of civilization and how we were as nomadic peoples. I won't go into it now, but you guys can look it up or whatever. And your listeners can check it out. I'll put it in the podcast yeah, description, actually. Totally, okay. Totally. And so that really made me realize, like, why am I trying to fit into a mold that that maybe isn't even natural for many people you know not to say that in monogamy can be a great choice for lots of people but i do think there's a lot of people out there who could probably do well in their lives uh, by being open to not being monogamous right so we're, we're talking about waking up one day and realize that you're not <clears throat> built for a monogamous life yeah. Steph, i'll ask you the same question did you have failed relationships before you met nick where you said the model of this relationship isn't working because it's monogamy itself isn't a model that can work for me or on a bigger picture for society, really, because it's not going well uh, for society at all, the model of monogamy. Yeah, I definitely say you realize after a couple of years in a long-term relationship where you're committed to that one person, you do start, you know, wandering eye, even though there's never any cheating, there's always the idea, the, the, the fantasy of something more. And I mean, yeah, like I can relate to your your idea of going to a, a party to like hit on lesbians and, and know that there's never actually going to be anything that happens. But the temptation and the excitement of it is exciting. Um, so and I, I look back when I we first got together, I had a, a journal um, that I'd written as a teenager saying, like, how am I ever going to be monogamous? Not not using those that language, but like, how how, how am I going to be 
in a marriage with someone for 20 years and then someone cheats and it's over and is that my life? Yeah, it's a lot to throw away just because of one sexual encounter. Really, it's a lot to throw away. People lose their their families, their children. Uh, you know, the extended families fall apart. It's uh, it's a tough thing. Um, okay, Hillary, you get to ask your question now. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Can I? Can I? Ask oh something? no! Oh, yeah, don't, of course. Don't apologize at all. Uh, Nick wanted how... to add something. Hillary, sorry. I, I just it's really liberating to to be able to be, you know, not to not be limited. Like I can go on a business trip and be open to meeting someone, and that like makes my life better. Not to have the guilt. Um, of of what if something happened, I can actually be open to it, and and um, and and when I can speak about it with my wife, it actually also brings us closer. So she understands how I feel as a man. You know, pornography, uh, other women. Oh, there's a cute new new woman at the office. I can just tell her, and it actually brings us closer. Instead of like you know, like oh, who's that new girl at the office? Instead of being like oh, I, I don't, she's you know, and my wife might say she's pretty attractive, and someone you know, and the husband might say. Oh, I hadn't noticed, you know, like, you know, that's a lie, right? And that, those little white lies, little wedges that come in between. And then 20 years later, you look at your spouse and you don't even, you know, people are, are, you know, getting divorces and stuff and you will lose connection and you wonder why. And it's because these little white lies just pretending like we're not sexual beings who are interested and aroused and excited by others. And so embracing that brings us closer. Now, by embracing that, how do you stop yourself from losing interest in your primary relationship? Like, if, if the idea is always that there's something else somewhere, do you ever find you go through periods where you're not interested in being with each other? So there is, I mean, so as a guy, so, you know, we had a baby not that long ago or whatever, and so and Steph looks banging. She looks great. And and so sometimes I see her and well, I, I, I encourage her. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you, you look, and she's like, oh, how do I look in this one? I'm like, wow, you look awesome. If you weren't my wife, I'd jump all over you right now, right? And it's kind of a joke, and it's like tongue in cheek. But because we're married, we've been together for years. Like the, the the sense of like that passion, it's just not the same for me. I don't know. Maybe some people say it is. For me, it's not. Um, and so being able to feel that with someone else is is amazing. It's magic, right? To not be limited with that. And so you don't have that passion for each other anymore? Oh, that's not true. I mean, the, the passion is there, but it's just like that. That you know, that first. That, what is animal new, lust, the new animal lust, the new relationship glow, you know, yeah. like that, that of course is not the same. Yeah. And so, so yeah, like, of course, Nick is going to see a new girl and, and the, the idea of chasing after her and getting that is, is way more motivating than just the woman that he sleeps naked to him with, with him every day. But also there's a different passion in that we have this family together, this life together, that's magical. And, and that's a whole other thing. And so because we've chosen to be married and. <laughs> My, um, you know, my, my, and I want to be with her. I'm committed to be with her for, you know, and we actually, as until our kids are grown, like until our kids are done, high school is like kind of a minimum. Now we have a nucleus, a family, we're going to be together. And if we date other people, that's fine, but we're going to have a household and a family until our kids are, are well into high school. Very romantic, right? Very but, romantic. but we're very logical. We're trying people. to be realistic about it. Right. But my nightmare would be to like somehow in the future, like I look in her eyes and I just love her so much and she's, you know, such a great mom and we're going to raise a family together. And so my nightmare and the worst choice I could possibly make is to, you know, in 10 years, you know, fall in love with some lover that I have and decide like, this is the one, this person's going to actually make me happy. Leave my wife who I absolutely adore has been my partner my whole life. And then wake up years later and be like, where's the mother of my kids who raised my kids with me? Like, you know, like no one person can make you happy forever, but I do feel like this model is very fulfilling and it's very sustainable for the long term. And I, I want to die with Steph, you know, 
Uh, I want to go back to that feeling that you were talking about, and that's what I'm talking about too. That feeling about you say animal lust. Um, if I've always said, if they could bottle that feeling of butterflies when you first meet somebody, that's what we're all chasing here is just that feeling. Because you and I, I we can all agree. And totally, Hills, you've been in a relationship for how long now? Uh, two and a half. Do you still get butterflies when you see your guy? Yeah, but the, our situation is different because we only see each other on the weekends. Okay, so if you... So we're like right. kind of long distance. So as time goes by, that'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really what we're talking about, that feeling where, you know, you love somebody deeply and it's a different kind of love that you wouldn't experience with someone else. But when you kind of start flirting with someone new, the butterflies happen. Again, if you could bottle that, if I could, I'd be a billionaire tomorrow because that's what we're all chasing. It's and so that's fun. That's it's why so people cheat yeah. is because they, they it's not that they don't... Don't love their spouses. I've come to understand this by watching or listening to Dan Savage, especially. Yeah, totally. mm. It's not that you don't love your spouse. You do love your spouse. You're just chasing that high, baby. And, and you know? I don't even know if it's that high. I honestly think you're chasing your ego oh. because it feels good to know that somebody else finds you attractive. I agree yeah. with that as well. Yeah, I, sure. I, I mean, like we label what we're feeling with other people and we, we're very aware of, of that. It's not a forever feeling. It's a right now feeling. And we, between the two of us, we have the forever feeling and so that's why that's another reason why we can just be more realistic it brings us back into the now because in a new relationship you can get really carried away and that's that's when people leave their spouses they they have these affairs they leave their spouses because they get carried away Right. So we've spoken to a polyamorous uh, couple before, a woman, actually, who's talked about her polyamorous uh, life. And I remember asking her the specific question, when you uh, sleep with other people and you have other relationships, not just one night stands, she's having relationships Mm -hmm. with other people. You know that you always run the risk of falling in love with someone. And she says that's the risk you take when you become a polyamorous couple and you live that life. Is do you feel that way? So I don't think it's a risk. I think it's it's an enjoyable experience. It's it just I have been in love with other people and we actually have a, a partner of ours who she's a female partner and we've known her for how many years through three or f- several years and she's gone in and out of of uh, either being a, a lover of ours like a, she, she's our primary lover she's a friend she's one of my best friends. <laughs> yeah, she knows. <laughs> and and so I think love is not a bad thing. Our, our hearts are eternal. Like there's endless amount of love. Just because you have a second child doesn't mean you love your first child any less. I could totally see being part of that primary couple and having the experience of, of stepping outside your relationship. But I would think that being that tertiary or that secondary partner would be the hardest thing ever because you're never going to share that initial bond. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to speak for her, uh, but because I've never been like that, that, you know, tertiary partner myself, really. <laughs> <laughs> and we have other focus uh, these days as well. But, um, um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, there's so much good to be had and enjoyment uh, and sharing that, that there's certainly a positive side and, and she's free to do whatever she wants as well. Right. So she's not limited uh, in, in, in what she can do and pursue. So. 
All right. So do you believe somebody once told me this a long, long time ago that people are constantly falling in and out of love with each other? When you have a main partner, you're constantly like there'll be days I go home and I look at my husband and I want to punch him in the face just because I want to punch him in the face and his face bothers me. I can't explain it. Uh, But and and I'll go to bed that night and I'll swear to God, I'll be like, you'll be lucky if you live the night. USOB. And I don't even know why I hate his guts that day, but I do. But I, I fully believe that that is actually true, that you've fallen in and out of love with each other. So this woman, has she been consistently in your life or how does that work? Uh, so I'd say like she she has different relationships that come in and out of her life. And depending on the structure of the relationship, okay, uh, she, she would be more involved in our life in different ways. So right now she's in a monogamous relationship. Uh, which she's hoping to make into more, more open, fluid, yeah. Sure. And and so right now we're kind of hitting the pause on the sexual side of that. But because friend- where we are in life too, with our with our child, so. right. And then, but the friendship side is always so strong. Like and it's great to have house guests that you can like have a shower and like you're naked or whatever, and you sit down, and you cuddle together, have a, yeah. like it's it's actually super chill, you know. Like it's just so easy um, to visit and stuff as well when it's not even going sexual, you know. So. Now, moving forward with your child, whom we're not naming or or giving an age, but as she gets older, how do you plan on being open or not open with her about your lifestyle? So to start, I think we don't really know the answer. We're going to play it and see what feels right for 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 them as we uh, as as they get older and as as we grow as parents. So I don't think we know the answer, but we're we're we lean towards being open and honest and and. Um, just just as honest as you'd be about with your child about any part of your sex life. Totally. So yeah. would you tell tell your your child what kind of sexual acts you're into? No. Hell to the no. Yeah. No. <laughs> and so of course we're not, not. We're not going to talk about the sexual details of our relationships with different people, but she's going to get to know the people that are important to our lives. She, she's not going to ask, "Oh, Danny, is he your lover, mother? Uh, right. Yeah. So when it comes to rules, because I, my understanding of um, polyamorous couples is that really before you begin, begin, <laughs> yeah. you begin polyamory, a, a lot of it has to do with sitting down and um, really just being open and honest about what you want and you expect from each other. So do you have a list of rules that you always follow and live by that you would never, ever break? Totally. So, so definitely. I mean, rule number one is always, you know, use protection. You know, using a condom is, is a must um, for, for both both sides or whatever. And, um, and and even doubling up. So like, you know, double up, doubling up birth control. So condom plus either pill or withdrawal, for example, would be like, you know, a, a, a rule. I, um, and there's lots of other some, some more explicit ones that are just kind of even personal hang ups that, you know, like about the kind of sex that you don't want your partner to have with somebody else or whatever. Okay, right? so, you, so it's very limit. specific. Yeah, it, okay. it is in some respects, right? And, and each, it's just about each of us having a comfort zone and there's no right and wrong. We can negotiate all that stuff. And, um, you know, because I have so much latitude, I certainly would never breach any of those rules because it's uh, very important to, to maintain mm-hmm. the trust. And, um, yeah. Now, your partners, I'm going to get specific here and feel free to decline. <clears throat> your partners that you're you're seeking outside of your relationship, straight, gay, bi, like, do you have rules on that? No, there's no rules. Like, Yeah, no. I mean, we're, we're both straight, you know, like I, I, I'm more flexible than Nick. Yeah, and I'd say I'm bi-comfortable. Like if we're with, a, with, a, with another couple and the guy is bisexual, 
I'm, you know, if he wants to do something with me that's not like full on penetration or whatever, like I'm not opposed to that at all. You know, I'm, if that's if it gets if he likes it and I'm attracted to him enough, yeah, that's I'm fine with it. And plus, Nick knows I love it, so Steph likes it too. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I'm honest, never against that. <laughs> I, I wish I liked it more. I wish I was more into guys. I'm not at, at all, unfortunately. So. Um, gosh, I totally lost my train of thought. That's right. My Now thinking, what would what, what it be like? <laughs> What's going on in your bedroom? Uh, you talked about, <laughs> sorry, I'm undressing them with my eyes. <laughs> okay. Okay. You talked about, let's say you're, you're on the road and you meet somebody here. This is what I wanted to know about rules specifically. Uh, do you have the freedom to just do what you want to do and then talk to your partner on the back end? Or do you, do you call up Stephanie? and say, Steph, I'm at a bar and there's this hot woman and I would like to take her to bed. Are we good? Do you get clearance on the front end or do you uh, discuss it on the back end? Yeah, she wants a text in advance. So to speak. Like, so she to wants speak. a text in advance. And I always find like, it, like it's, and this is a point of like, you know, every couple has their points of friction and this is a bit of a point of friction because it's so hard as a man to know how things are going with a woman. And so I don't know if I'm going to end up in bed with somebody or not. Right. Uh, especially if it's, a, you know, out on a business trip or something. So I don't know where it's going. And so to say, hey, Steph, looks like I'm, you know, hooking up with this girl. Like, I don't know. It's up to her. That's up to this woman that I'm with where where it's going to end up. So I feel like it's premature. Right. And then I also feel like I'm torturing her if I'm telling her, hey, so now I'm actually going up to the hotel, this hotel room. And then it can be a bit of a. But yes, I, I have to declare in advance and, and we're comfortable with that. And it works. It works for us. And when you use the word torture, is it hurtful to you when you are at home and you know your husband is about to go up to somebody's hotel room and hook up with them? Is there still a part of you? Because let's be honest, we've all been socialized a certain way. For me, it would be hard to even though uh, intellectually speaking, I get that it's a great model. I'm still a person with feelings and my feelings might be hurt. Is it the same for you? Um, I'd say that the actual, like, there's, there's a feeling of, you're good. You're fine with the okay. microphone. <laughs> I just don't want, uh, we have a little one here that just wants to talk and talk and talk and, uh, <laughs> oh, she wants to play with the microphone now, Hillary. Things are taking a turn. Oh here we go. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, like I, I'd rather, I've told him this many times and it's just in his, the torture is more in Nick's head than actual in reality. Uh, most times I feel excitement for him as well. And there's something called compersion, which is the, you know, the excitement for your partner. So knowing that your partner's having a good time is exciting. There is, you know, for me, the only thing that's kind of an unpleasant feeling is, is not knowing what's going on. You know, I like to be in the know. And so the next morning finding out. Woo! <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. All talk. kids are like that. And the second you stop talking, she'll be quiet. Oh, wow. That is aggressive. That's what I sounded like this weekend when I was trying to open a second bottle of wine. And I couldn't get it open. <laughs> Things got so we hairy. both we both found that knowing is a lot easier than not knowing. And right. so, you know, so definitely like the next morning, full debrief on everything that happened. And where Steph, I think, and it, you know, and I'm, I think I'm less, you know, less. I, I trust men in a sense a little bit more that they are honest about. They're like, yeah, they just wanted to hook up. And Steph is, I think, rightfully skeptical with women who aren't in our lifestyle, don't have our way of thinking of like, well, what does she actually want? You know, like how is right. she? You know, like I get that you had a great time with her and you. You know, you, I'm glad you're enjoying each other, but what does she actually want? And, yeah, and, it's true. I'm actually more concerned about the other woman yeah. and, and making sure that she knows what's the deal, that she's not going to have her feelings hurt, that, 
that Nick isn't taking advantage of some situation where she thinks, oh, what a great guy. What a great partner situation possibility. And so one of our rules, for example, is like we have to, before this, we're allowed to have a one night stand without telling the other person that we're married. But before we see someone a second time to like go longer, they have to know the whole deal. So say that one more time. So you can have a one night stand with a woman without telling her that you're a married man? Correct. Why would you make that rule? Sorry, now I'm mad at you. (laughs) Why would you make that rule? Because if both people are going in for a one night stand, it shouldn't matter. That's right. That's right. So one night stand is in theory one night, nothing else. Like if she's committed to to do one night, if she wants more, then she needs to know that this is not going to be more. God, I'm so old school when I hear this. So is it? But it can be more though because you guys are poly, right? right? You're right. What I mean is more in 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 like she's they're not going to get married. No, but you know, there's still a part of me. uh, I think I, I think of myself when I was a younger woman. Adorable, in fact, mm-hmm. if we really want to get to honest here. I remember that I went to a house party and uh, there were a bunch of us at this house party and my friend ended up hooking up with a guy. And the next she did, a, she had a one night stand with this guy and she called me up later destroyed because she found out he was married and he didn't arm her with that information. And she felt tremendously guilty about it. She didn't feel good about herself, even though it was a one night stand and she didn't feel in the end. I but don't think different, though, because they had a monogamous commitment and she helped right? her, her the husband like break it. She did. And she felt that she had uh, as a member, a card carrying member of the sisterhood. Uh, she felt uh, very guilty towards this uh, woman is- who had no idea that her husband was cheating on her, even though technically no one was ever going to find out about it in theory she didn't feel yeah, but great about Steph that Steph doesn't care like well she cares but I mean it's not an important thing for that relationship so this third person would have nothing to feel guilty about yeah we certainly don't want to hurt anybody else like, well that's, that's what you know, I'm that, saying that's a, that's a key thing so if and I that's guess a good I, point maybe no, yeah you're no, making but, but, an but assumption just, that just the to, person doesn't care no, but, and I'm just saying I know from personal experience that the girl did care so if the person if there was if there was a one night stand and then somehow it you know extended a little bit more uh the where they found out they knew a little bit more about me and they realized that I was married I mean I have a very good reply to that which which is, I'm so sorry I didn't tell you in advance. We got carried away in the moment, and I didn't want to, you know, ruin anything. But I am married, but I am also in an open relationship, and you really haven't done anything wrong, so you have right. nothing to feel guilty about. So, all right, okay, right? So that's fair that, enough. That, that's that's the uh, that's how to alleviate that concern if someone had if someone right. came to know that it's very easy to. I allow. turned on you quick, didn't yeah, I? Like yeah, it. I did. No, that's good. God, God. No, we She's not loyal. I'll tell you to that. say that that I know Nick, and even in a relationship where he or in a situation where he's just out to to have a one night stand, he's going to bring up non monogamy. He kick, he he shoots <laughs> himself in the foot totally more did. times I know. than not. Well, his opening line is masturbation. For God's sake, how is he not going to mention that? <laughs> I, I, I don't girl. date women that don't masturbate <laughs> at all. So any girl that doesn't go like that that is willing to go home with him has already been subject to the I don't believe in monogamy. You know, she she's had the once over, so it's not a huge surprise, right? Now I have a question. This is a non-traditional lifestyle, I would say. How open are you in your everyday lives with people you know, family, workplace? So, I mean, I would be more open if we if we could, but it's just we prefer to be discreet. It can be a little. I think it's a little bit. Um, we don't want to offend anybody, put it in anyone's face too much, and and just um, you know so. My family knows everything, and and Steph's family not so much, and so they generally go in other circles. But um, it's not a secret, but it's not something we advertise either. You know, I tell you, my my parents don't know my my aunts and uncles that generation. My siblings know everything, 
Do you ever worry that you're going to run into somebody that you know out or that they'll see you when you're at a club or at a bar picking somebody else up? It has happened that like we, we, you know, ran, ran into someone from like that I know, you know, through work or whatever. And, and you know what? They're there too. And it's just a laugh and it's all good. Yeah, They're they're standing there naked too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do a secret handshake? Like, Hey, Hey. Except it's well, not I just hands. mean we like say you're hands. at a a straight bar, right? <laughs> you missed that, Hillary. <laughs> he said they don't use their hands for the shake. <laughs> oh, awkward. Uh, now say you're at a straight bar, yeah, and you're picking somebody up, and uh, someone sees it that knows you from y- your normal life that doesn't know that you're open. How do you manage that? I, mean, I don't mind telling them, right? Like, I mean, if, if someone has a concern or whatever, like, I mean, um, I, I I would you know just if there was someone's girlfriend was like, oh my God, did you see Nick over there? Do you see what he's doing? And it's like, yeah, I mean, their, their boyfriend would tell them. I mean, people know. It's not a secret, really. It's, just, yeah, it's really, it's not, really a not a secret. And like anyone yeah. anyone that we're close with knows. You know, there's right. there's very few people in my life that don't know. I mean. So, we, you know, we're, we're just being a little more discreet here on, on the podcast or whatever, just because the internet is for a forever archive, right? And right. so we just don't want to put it out there on the right. internet. But Because other... I like had a two town over rule. When I was younger yeah. and into shenanigans, like I, I, I'm not a swinger or not a, a poly person, but you know, not yet. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> my partner might have something to say about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Do you openly go out in your hometown? Yeah. So I'd say actually, uh, bars and that kind of things is actually not the best way for us to meet people. Like the internet's a, a fabulous tool now that that we can connect with like-minded people, and we have found that that is the best place to meet people that are in the same mind frame as we are. What about? Um, sw- I know you don't like necessarily love the word swingers, but uh, God, I, I love that word so much. I yeah. can't, you know, here in Ottawa, for example, there is, uh, and they do call it a swingers club, but you need to register to be a member yeah. of the club. It's very strict to get in. They're very careful about the membership and so on. And I think that's what a lovely thing. And it's a nice meeting spot. I've never been inside. I'm trying to get an invite. Uh, it's you know, nice. Just it's for, nice. For, <laughs> for scientific purposes. Yeah, totally. yeah. So are you part of a club like that? Yeah. Or, oh, you clubs. are. But those memberships Ooh, expire yeah. after a year. But uh, I mean, so the membership. It's like a gym membership. Just like exactly. that. Is it a monthly <laughs> or a yearly? How do you do I mean, So they're low cost. It's really, you're just signing a contract to say, I mean, there's a Supreme Court decision, I think, in 2006 that opened the door. We're so lucky in this country to be able to like openly, the law protects people to, to live their lives as adults as they want to. And it's an amazing thing. And so the Supreme Court decided that, you know, if you're if people are going to want to do this, they just have to totally, totally understand what they're about to do. So you sign a contract saying that, you know, you understand that you're going to see sexual acts, there's going to be nudity, whatever your, you know, consent, all that really important stuff. And and then you go in the club. I mean, it, it's just it's no just, cell phones, no pictures. Yeah, that's right. So, so, Can I, mean, I talk more a... about the club? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find that world fascinating because to me, I would think a club like that would be, you know, you, you I would think it'd, it'd be very, very nice and classy. And you go to the bar, you meet people, you have a couple of drinks, you talk. I never thought of it as a place where you would openly have sex. Well, then you just go in the back and then you're like, hey, you guys, we're going to go in the back now. Do you guys, if you guys want to come, you know, come. You can come. And like, we'll see you the... back there shortly if you want. That, that, that's kind of how that would go. Oh. Yeah. And the, yeah. the back there's, there's a couple of big, huge backs. I don't think that I would want to have sex anywhere that somebody else has just had sex, though. Oh, it's clean. No, like, there's, there's sheets. There's like, you know, Lysol wipes. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> Lysol. Yeah, totally. The like, setup there, is usually like clean rub, Rubber-covered mattresses with yeah. sheets that are just changed, and there's bins. Like, I mean, I know this might sound really gross to some people, but it's it's really 
right clean situation as clean as you could get and as far as the squeamishness about where others have had sex or whatever like i mean i don't know i I mean i would say going to the club as well like we're less likely to just randomly swap with other people but we'll go there you know and have sex with each other with other people nearby and if we like someone maybe we'll get their number and and follow up later like that's probably would be more like uh you know? Yeah, but it's really cool to go. So if we stayed home, we'd probably watch a movie and eat popcorn instead of go out. And then we just meet new people and we just and it's more exciting. So you could talk. We touched before on like the excitement of sex. Well, at home, maybe we wouldn't have had sex, just the two of us in our PJs. But we go out and we have great <laughs> sex, the two of us watching other people and other people watching. It's fantastic. And then do you go home and just compare notes? Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, the whole ride home the next day, the next day. And then the we're more week. turned on the whole week. We got like charged. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's like we charged our battery. And you don't have to, I mean, there's no swapping either necessarily, right? Like there's all kinds of levels of what you can do and rules you can have. You know, maybe the girl just, two, the girls are making out while, while you know, while I'm, I'm having Things sex with happening. my wife and another guy's having sex with his wife. And and then I'm, I'm touching some other, some other woman's breasts while, you know, while I, uh, you are like living Fifty Shades of Grey right now. So it doesn't have to be that full like swap and there's like strangers and like no, yeah. not at all. Like, you know. Right. But wouldn't some of the things that you see like not be appetizing? I mean, what do you, I, you mean? know what? I always see, like I think she's talking about like fat guys. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> fat, hairy men. Right. Well, I'm a chubby girl, so I wouldn't want anyone looking at me either. Uh, But I think, yeah, like some people, I I think I I admire anyone that comes to the club. I I feel like sexuality is is beautiful in any way. And I mean, just because someone's not physically attractive, like it's not it's not a turnoff to me. I think it's hot that they they want to be involved in it. Like. There's nothing like even the guys that are kind of, you know, keeping to themselves, not as everything's hot. Everything's hot in different ways. When people go in there as couples and uh, and um, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. There, people, people go in there as couples and there's so there's all kinds of stuff happening, I suppose, and stuff you don't want to see. I don't know. I mean, if you don't like, you don't look the other way if there's something you really don't want to see or whatever, but you keep your keep your game face on and be polite to other people. The rules about um you know that are on that contract or whatever also common sense and you know the consent stuff all that stuff from the me too movement actually that i'm sure you guys have uh have, have know all about and maybe have talked about on sure. the show yeah um i mean it all it all kind of interweaves and applies together as well so that same sort of enthusiastic consent that you sh- we should all be looking for in our partners in the poly and swinger community that's something that is a requirement um and so yeah um, maybe if, you can now specify sorry, what go you ahead. wouldn't want to see is there something oh. yeah Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, everything is. You've seen some things is what you're trying yeah, to tell it's, me it's right all now. interesting, okay. you know, and there's people having fun and people open and, and people open-minded and living their lives the way they want to. And I think that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, have you ever had to deal with anyone who felt that bringing up a child in your lifestyle was not the best way to go? Like, I, I have no opinion, just to let you know. I was going to say, I hear from your uh, tone that maybe that's you, Hillary. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm actually uh, very open to whatever. I, I just want people to be happy. But I, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be somebody that listens to that, this podcast that thinks it's not okay that there's a kid in the room while you talk about yeah, this totally. stuff. Yeah, totally. You know, that's part of the reason we, we brought our child, just to... to, to, to just to mess her <laughs> so up so you could. Be, you know, I don't know. You, know, you don't need a license to be a parent. Uh, I think I think that openness and love um, and just kind of being authentic, conveying authentically what the world is, I think is a great uh, start for a child. And they're going to make their own decisions. Uh, age appropriately, we're going to share 
certain things. I mean, there are parents that, you know, what I totally disagree with, uh, you know, telling kids that, uh, you know, Jesus is, is, is uh, the savior and they're going to go to heaven when they die and that stuff. Like, I mean, I, I don't agree with that. We all have different views on what, uh, on what's the right thing. But uh, so, so uh, I don't think there's any evidence to say that this would be damaging uh, as long as things remain age appropriate. I think, I think what people have the concerns about is, is they imagine that it's going to be a bunch of naked people having sex in front of a child and that's that's not what's absolutely not at all yeah (laughs) yeah i mean just like normal people have sex you know with their kids separately and when you know go and go out when their kids have a babysitter you know we we will have a dinner party and maybe have a babysitter and go to our friend's house for dinner and we'll have a normal dinner with normal people and then afterwards we might all you know get in the hot tub and all fool around that that's all I admire anybody who lives their life authentically and truly as opposed to, uh, you know, men and women who cat around and cheat and so much energy and time oh, is wasted waste. totally. lying and totally. weaving tales and oh, spinning tales, I should yes, say. Yes. There's so much time wasted in all of that. I, I've seen so many of my friends and their marriages go belly up yeah. because of all the lying. Yeah. And so I, I have now changed the way I think. And I do think this is an excellent model. It's an option for people you know it's an excellent it's an excellent option for people absolutely uh only because i mean obviously you have to get two people on board with the same concept and then four and six and it gets and then that's right (laughs) and then you build from there so do you find that you know do you find that there are more and more people using this model because i do i see polygamy everywhere polyamory, i see sorry, polygamy is the oh, is not the polygamy co- i'm yeah, so no, sorry yeah i see polyamory everywhere polygamy yes is, is... no I, I know man and multiple wives sister wives i've seen that show too but everyone's gonna get confused because they will yeah and you're right thank you for pointing that out you're absolutely right so i see polyamory everywhere right now in my life and i don't know why maybe it's because i'm i'm open to it now and i maybe it's always been there i've never noticed i don't know why but do you find that more and more people are um using that that as a model for their marriages and their their love lives yeah i think so i mean there's always you know we always wish there were more (laughs) i'd say in our age group uh we're in the minority uh you know we're we're you know 20s to 30s uh there's there's a huge group that are 40s plus And, really? Yeah, Those I'd are my say, people. Yeah, yeah. I know, they're totally so I think it would be <laughs> yeah. like all the people who went through marriages totally. and realized it wasn't Correct. working for them. Yeah. A lot of second wow. marriages. Yes, totally. People, people that... are saying that, you know, this first time it didn't work, I, I and this is why, and I'd like to try it in, in this model. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice, right? Yeah. So. Right. Lots of people. We have this listener couple here at the station, and they're open Totally open, and they're lovely people. I I love hanging out with Not them. Like but us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she got quiet there. <laughs> she got real quiet. Hard time, Hillary. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so funny. Finish the story. Uh, yeah, finish the story. They were lovely, was that it? but but. Well, no, it's just it's so wild because they're in their fifties. Yeah. yeah. And they're just so open about it. Now, I don't know, like, I've met some of their friends, and I don't know if they're friends that they they play with or whether they're just friends that are normal friends. But it's it's so interesting. They're open about it with their kids. Yeah. It's so, it's such a different thing for me. I have to be honest. I don't think that I have the self-confidence to be involved in that sort of lifestyle. Because I think you'd have to be a very confident and secure person. 
I mean, I think that, that there's a correlation there. I mean, I, you know, I don't know you personally at all, but I, I mean, anyone can, you know, decide, make a decision if, if they wanted to, to like, because it's, it's a very welcoming place as well. And there's all kinds of people, all ages, all shapes and sizes and stuff. So, um, you know, it, it, I mean, that's a, that, that self-confidence thing is a personal uh, thing, I guess. But, We've been uh, in resorts where there's like 70 year old people. Oh yeah, like, totally. Totally. Look, look like hippies, like yeah. long gray hair and a ponytail. And like, they're along with the 20 year old people and naked. And, and, and we're not necessarily going to fool around with them. They're not in our interest sphere right now. Anyway, you know, hopefully I hope I'm really into like 60 year old women when I'm 60, I hope. Um, but uh, let's be honest. You'll be in a 20 year old women. Uh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we covered that off at the in the yeah, quick portion. That that. That's yeah. right. Uh, so I'm glad to have that option anyway, if, if I'm, uh, you know, can keep my, keep my physique up. But, uh, but anyway, so, so um, at the resorts and stuff, but it's so wonderful talking to people that are living happy lives. And if there's something we can convey to our children as well, it's to live authentically, be happy, seek happiness, um, and not necessarily succumb to what society expects of you, you know? Yeah. And be open with your sexuality, because I think especially for women, when we're, we're young, we just let things happen. And, and this is part of the Me Too movement as well. Like you, you like a, a boy, when you're in high school, a boy just is, is doing what he wants. Not necessarily what you're not interested, but it's not necessarily about pleasure for you. And, and we want to teach our, our uh, child that, that it's, it, sex should be pleasurable, that any sexual Absolutely. act is pleasurable and it's what you should want. And not just because you want this boyfriend. Well. It's not just because you want to be popular. It's it's because it's it's actually what you want. For yourself. It's yeah. fulfilling and pleasurable and, and fun and exciting for you. As, as a- now, I haven't seen what either of you look like, but I assume from the conversation you're both banging. They're both very sexy people. <laughs> right. And their child is beautiful, too. Of course. Right. Of course. Do you think that being a attractive person and I mean, that must be. I'm sure you work at it, but it's also, I'm sure, somewhat genetic. Do you feel like that gives you an advantage in this lifestyle? I mean, because you get to have what you want, and I would imagine you don't have many objections when you see something that you like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think there's lots of people of all range. Like anyone can can be in this lifestyle. There's lots of people of every shape and, and size and color, and just because we are the, look the way we do. Like maybe, you know, it, it, we have a small window that we have, you know, and there's other people that look a certain way that have a different window. And it's I don't think it gives us more options. But, but no, I mean, I, I think to, to, to be realistic, though, I mean, I think there's something to what you're saying there, Hillary. And I I, I mean, I, but it's no different than monogamous people um, or than, than monogamous people who, who, you know, you kind of have your scope of people kind of in your look zone. What's that called? Like you're, you know, in your. In your uh, ball, what's it called? In your ballpark? No, what's it ballpark? called? Ballpark? What? what? I don't know. What? Well, people that are kind of in your... I understand what you're you know saying, what saying, yeah. Right? In and your so, sphere. In your yeah. sphere. Okay, in got your... it. Yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of a similar thing, I suppose. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. In your league. In, in yeah, your league, in your league, that's the word. It was yes. all baseball terms. That's it. <laughs> Circling I know. around baseball yeah. terms. And so, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, the, so there are advantages in life and we're not absolutely model hot at all. I'm not on the cover of Men's Health at all, you know, um, but... Uh, don't lie. <laughs> He's got a beard, Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but I do think that, you know, being relatively attractive, conventionally attractive is helpful in life. uh, And and we're fortunate to, um, you know. Yeah, because I I imagine if you walked into one of those clubs, you'd get circled immediately. (laughs) We've had some good times, you know. (laughs) 
I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast today and being so open and honest. And thank you for bringing your daughter in because I won't lie. She's going to get cuddled by me severely in like two minutes. Great chat with you guys. Sandra, Hillary, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks so much. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at SandraKiss1053. Twitter at Hillary Welch at SandraKiss1053. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, thequickandthedirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find The Quick and the Dirty on FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.